You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive in too deep, as always. We're your hosts. I'm Reason, joined by Neil. Neil, coming off the Dolphins' fifth straight loss, they've gone from 8-3 and three in Super Bowl aspirations to 8-8 eight and eight and clinging for playoff life. And before we get into that, I know me and Neil want to send out our thoughts and our prayers to DeMar Hamlin, his family, all Buffalo Bills fans and supporters, Man, we're just praying for the recovery out of him, and we've been getting some real good news as we record um, into the wee hours of Friday, January 6th. We've been getting some good news regarding him, so just continue to pray for his health as it as, as he continues to come back, and just the young man has such a, 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 a lot of life left in front of him to live, so hopefully he can get back to that. But, Neil, it's... It's rough sledding to be a Dolphin fan. Obviously not as rough as being a Bills fan right now, but from a competitive standpoint, it's a rough sledding being a Dolphin fan as we head in to Jets week where we'd be usually licking our chops with Joe Flacco, but it seems the season rides on the shoulders of one Skylar Thompson, Neil. Yeah, I'm down but not out. Um, You know, I I think it's – You got a foot out though. Don't lie to the people. No, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, I, I try to find the word that sums up how it feels to go from, you know, I've said on this podcast that, you know, seven weeks ago that I saw the Miami Dolphins as a Super Bowl contender, and I still see the talent there, but something's not clicking, and, and we know a lot of these problems that have happened and that that have kind of stayed, you know, like this Patriots game, you know case in point for me is just like how long are we going to let the special teams just steal the momentum like jason sanders i i don't understand how he's the kicker here and he hasn't had any competition but reason if i'm honest as soon as i saw that inactive report on sunday i was i i was nervous and, and honestly I, I i thought we were going to lose i mean when you have bradley chubb taron armstead and xavier howard are three of your what top six seven players and they're not there and, and i don't know if it was like a strategic thing that they were gearing up for this Jets game and, you know, whatever, or they just weren't healthy enough to play. But the timing just could have been worse because, you know, we have a really bad problem that if Tua Tungavaloa was on the field in the last two seasons were one and eight with Jacoby Brissett and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, we just can't get a backup to carry this team to a win. And it's beyond frustrating because that New England game is another game, and, and, and it's like Groundhog's Day here. Another game we should have won. Another game we could have won. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, and, man, I like I try to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. You go out there and throw a horrendous pick six. You break your pinky on the play. You look disinterested out there. You're running off the field, go to get x-rays, but you come back to get your beanie. Like, I, I just, I just, it's like, thanks for giving up the touchdown to, to the Patriots defense and putting our backs against the wall, and now we have a seventh-round quarterback coming in. I, I just don't understand how the stars don't align. Like the offense plays a good game. The defense plays like crap when the defense is playing good. The offense plays like crap. Special teams is always bad. I, I just, I, I, it's, I understand. Cause I've seen the backlash and the frustration out there on Twitter. Trust me. I feel it. You know, I'm not pulling the plug completely yet. I mean, a, as bad as things are for us, we are playing Joe Flacco and the Jets who have nothing to play for. They'll try to knock us out of the playoffs, though. Like, that's what you do. With that said, like, it's a game at home Miami Dolphins can win. Uh, you know, I can't get on my soapbox today and say, oh, it's a surefire win. I, you know, I just don't know what to think of this team. Um, you know, it, it's it's from top to bottom right now been, been just a cluster F. And 
man, I, I, it's been a long time reason since we had one of those celebration podcasts and, you know, we're happy. I, I missed that taste and I hope we get it one more time this season. Yeah. I think the problem that I have here is we already knew Skylar Thompson wasn't, um, ready now it's how prepared are you really going to have him when that Jets defense has some dogs on it? But also, the one trend we've seen all year is what? Whenever two has been out, no quarterback has finished the game that started in place of him. So right. does that mean we're going to see Mike Glennon on Sunday? Because Teddy got a bro- broken pinky, and it don't sound like the swelling's coming down anytime soon. So, you know, I'm sitting here like, are we going to get to the point where – it's the third or fourth quarter in a tight game, like nine six, and our season depends on Mike Lennon trying to there. Well, you know what, Dolphins. Well, you know what's the reason? I'll be honest. I actually don't hate the Mike Lennon signing. Not that I think he's a good quarterback, but like for me, Skylar Thompson, right? It's like you hire a construction worker who has no experience. You drop him off with some nails and hammer and say, "Build a house." Like Skylar Thompson is a seventh round rookie quarterback. You know, he's playing with a we, – we, let's, let's just be – the offensive line is no better than it's been in the last couple of years, especially if Taron Armstead's not out there. It's horrendous. Like, you're out there and you're thrown in these bad situations because you spend a whole week preparing for a starting quarterback, right? So when you go out and your quarterback doesn't finish the game who's already your backup and you're thrusting a seventh-round pick into fire, like I, I've seen people say Skylar Thompson sucks. It's just he's not ready. Like, like I, I can't tell you today that he's going to be a great backup quarterback in this league or a starter or anything like that. But I, I, I can't tell you he sucks because he struggles to go in in a football game, and you know, thrown in the middle of the third quarter, and he's supposed to make chicken salad and chicken shit. You know what I mean? I, I just it, so maybe having a veteran like Mike Letting, if if things start off a little slow for Skyler and the season is on the line and it gets desperate, like. Mike, Mike Lennon at one time was making $18 million as a backup for the Chicago Bears. Like, he is a savvy vet. Uh, you know, he's not going to confuse anyone with Peyton Manning out there. But I actually don't hate the move because it, it could have been like they signed Jack Cohn, who was a guy that they were working out who used to play at Notre Dame. And I'd have been like, holy crap, if Skyler goes out, we have no chance. Like, if Skyler doesn't pan out, I actually think Mike Lennon might give us a better chance, if that makes sense. Yeah, I uh, it's just it's just that's just so dolphins if that if that would happen. But uh, let's talk about this. Okay, so we lose this game. The offensive line was just downright terrible. Liam Eikenberg was awful in his return. Awful. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, we're in the driver's seat. He throws a pick six to Kyle Duggar. They get the lead. They never look back. Jason Sanders has a missed field goal. Listen, the defense. We've seen a consistent thing. They'll give you the third quarter and maybe some of the fourth quarter of three and outs with maybe a field goal here and there, but they continue to give up that back breaking six, seven minute game ceiling drive. We've seen it consistently from them. I actually thought besides the, you know, the game ceiling drive, really, I thought, you know, they only allowed 16 points. They gave us a chance to win. I don't have any blame. Even with that game, ceiling drive, I got no blame on the defense this game. I thought they did their thing. Um, just your overall thoughts on the loss. Um, Skyler came in and I will say this though. The one thing I do think you can prepare, what shows me that you can prepare Skyler to a certain extent. And I know you probably saw it too. He was starting to really get comfortable by the end there. Brother, Mike. He's fearless. He's a fearless player. He plays hard. Mike Mike is secchi, brother. Oh man. The bro. Do you see that? Uh, uh. In his first couple drives, Skyler was a little rusty on the move throwing the football. It was either to the back hip or he was throwing it at 99 miles per hour. Then he finally gets one perfect to Kiseki, hits him in the face mask, and he drops the football. You know, then you see Skyler extend that play, Neil. Remember, he got inside the 30 yard line with that 11 yard run, but got us a first down. And what happens? An illegal shift, illegal motion. Like, steady this team is its worst enemy like if i actually look back at this if i look at this five game losing streak i'm gonna go ahead and say it i'm gonna be the one to say it we beat ourselves other than the san francisco game we and even with the san francisco game two was missing routine throws we have beat ourselves three or four of these last five games that's that's where we're at right now neil like we're beating ourselves 
I, I don't disagree. I, I, I'm going to call it the season of coulda, shoulda, woulda. Like, right, there's a lot of these games where we should have put these teams away. And when you look at the three phases of the game, right, like, it, it, it just never harmonizes. Like, special teams, like, like I, and I started with it. But Jason Sanders, like, look, he had that one all-pro season and awesome, good for him. But this guy has no confidence. He's in his head. And, you know, God forbid we're down two points and we need to kick a 43-yard field goal. I, you know, I, you know, it, it, it's just I, I don't know why they haven't brought competition for him. On the offensive side, you know, they got to find ways to get, especially when Skylar Thompson is the quarterback, to get Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle the ball in space on jets, on screens, you know, on slants. They got to make the game simple for him because, look, he needs some help out there. Mike Kosicki, I, I mean, when you look at three of the biggest blunders of this season, at the trade deadline, not trading Mike Kosicki for a resource was one of the biggest blunders, especially how the Byron Jones situation, you know, played out, like not getting insurance for Byron Jones. But, you know, the defense, I, you nailed it, man. Like they can play great for 80% of a football game. But when it's crunch time, it's like they fold. Like Keon Crossan legitimately had maybe the worst pass interference penalty I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and the defense plays hard and they stop the run. But the one thing they don't do any more reason that we've become accustomed here over the last few years, no turnovers, man. This team doesn't get interceptions. You know, they don't force well, that's the big. That's the big drop-off. Like, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? Right now, this we are the number 20 total defense. We are the number 27 passing defense, the eight, eighth rushing defense, the number 27 scoring defense, the number 24th third down defense, but we're number 30th in takeaways. Why do I say all those stats? i tell you this. The big glaring things to me are this. When this defense is at its elite level, when you guys have seen it and the one all y'all have claimed is a championship defense, we that scoring defense has been top five, top 10, and we've also been top 10, top five in takeaways. Now we are 30 in takeaways and we are 20 seven in scoring defense that's the issue i mean look at it under when when flores was here and this is kind of exposed boyer too right when flores this year right we'd only allow what 16 to 18 points a game usually on average now we're allowing 24.6 i mean we're allowing more points than our top 10 scoring offense per game defensively like that is a recipe for disaster like and that's why i don't understand why everyone keeps like, well, I understand why, but everyone wants to just keep pointing at McDaniel, pointing at Tua. But, I mean, why are we absolving the defense here, guys? I mean, all, this is the defense you all told me for the last – not you. I'm talking about in general. People have been telling me for the last two years that Tua and everyone and the offense called back. Well, guess what? They, they, they brought back all this personnel. They brought back the coaching staff. And look at the results we're getting. And guess what? You know why I don't want to hear the injury excuse? I'll tell you why I don't want to hear the injury excuse. Besides the Patriots game, we were allowing over 31 points per game as a defense on the road. At home, we were allowing about 18 points per game. Heading into the Patriots game, what? We had 18 touchdowns allowed on the road to one at home, yet it was 8-6 to at home. Like, we are clearly a night and day. And this season, even with all the injuries – that defense was performing at that level at home, but it's not traveling. If it's not traveling, what does that tell me? That's coming down to coaching and how prepared are these guys on the road? They're clearly not prepared well enough. Well, and just looking at Josh Boyer and his pressure, dude, he has no energy to him. Bro, right? this like, guy, I'm at peace if I'm like, bro, yeah, like, McDaniel who, like, came out two weeks ago and told everyone, said everyone, he was asked about you and told and told everyone that he told you he expected the defense to drastically improve over the next few weeks. And listen, the Patriots game, it did. But besides the Patriots game, what are we talking about here? You were already giving us what you were giving us at home in the, in the Packers game. Let's be honest, the Buffalo game, I mean, like, well, here's the thing. Even when this defense, you know, I, I don't get it, bro. Like, this defense can go like a third quarter and give you nothing but three and outs. And then right. on key drives where First we need to get off the field, they can't get off on third down. They can't get off the – like, that Chargers. You remember that Chargers drive 
where they scored on us, that game-sealing drive they scored on us, where they, they were in third and nine, third and seven, third and five, third and three. There were like four third downs on one drive, and we couldn't get off the field. Well, it also, it also feels like it doesn't matter the down and distance. It's third and 16, they get 17. Like, that just shows you that these co- coaches are smarter than Josh Boyer. And, and like, look, Josh Boyer ain't going to be back next year. It's going to be a mute point. Honestly, Mike McDaniel was forced Josh Boyer upon him when he took the job, which and is— And Danny Crossman. Which and just talks about the poison Both units have underwhelmed. Both units yeah. have underwhelmed that have been forced upon Mike McDaniel. You know, but the two things I'll say is there's two things that I take away that I because I, I, sorry I, I got to keep on no, the go. defense, bro. Because I, sorry I got to rant this because I know you know this and I want to hear your thoughts on this because, bro, this is where you got to give Flores his flowers. Yeah, this has and we talked about this preseason. I mean, I know I talked about it inside the NFL. I'm pretty sure I talked about this. Remind me if I did, but remember I said where you think about it, it's kind of the perfect position for. McDaniel, because he can say, I'm bringing all your guys back, except I'm upgrading. And Boyer, you say you run the, you ran this defense, you called the plays, now we're going to find out. And if this shit falls apart, McDaniel can say, well, Tom, Chris, I brought in your guys. We upgraded the personnel around him too. Sure, there was injuries, but look at their play at home. Look at their play on the road. Look at this play calling situationally. That's not who I wanted to bring in. And because under Flores... And this is where I'm going with this. Under Flores, bro, we could get those 10-point, 13-point games where the defense only allows that up. Brother, we're hoping every game we go into, we're hoping this defense isn't allowing more than 20 and we don't have to outscore them. Yeah. No, you're, you're 100%. Right. How many, can I ask you, do you know how, set, do you know how many interceptions? I, I know the Caterco had one, X had one, and Javon Holland has two. How many interceptions do we even have this year? Uh, like Right. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. No. No. Finish your thought, and then I'll tell you. Go ahead. No. And I'm and I'm just thinking this because it's like I don't remember a season in recent memory where we just got like I mean I feel like it's been four or five games since we get a turn. Like I know Cater had the pick against Aaron Rodgers, and but like it feels like we go on these spurts of two or three games without a pick, without a fumble, and you just you can't win football like that. And you know the one thing I'll say about the defense that I noticed loud and clear. That's going to be contrary to what Dolphins Twitter says is, you know, everyone's out there running and saying that the trade for Bradley Chubb was bad. Well, you see Jalen Phillips's play decline drastically whenever Bradley Chubb is not on that football field. Yeah, look at him against the Patriots, bro. Like, yeah, he, he I, disappeared. He, he did a Houdini act. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. Because Chubb not- does the stuff that doesn't come up on. I, it, listen, all these people look at interceptions, they look at sacks, they look at touchdowns. They don't look at the stuff that doesn't make it on the stat sheet, and Chubb is doing a lot of the stuff that doesn't make it on the stat sheet. And that's why when you talk about these grades from PFF, I want to see their credentials for linebackers and for like interior defensive linemen and stuff because I want to see how they grade the people whose stats don't show up on the stat sheet. And just FYI, the Dolphins have 14 takeaways this year, all right, which is god-awful. That's okay. awful. Wow, That's 30th in the NFL. Eight of those are interceptions. Two by Holland, one by AVG, one by Noah, oh, one yeah. by Verone, one by X, one by Kohu, and one by Justin Bethel. Oh, yeah, Bethel got one. I forgot it. Yeah. yeah so – I mean, but that—that's just think about that reason. Not even getting that's one turnover per game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, to your Bradley Chubb point, like you think about it, Christian Wilkins is clearly the best player on this defense right now, but Bradley Chubb's number two. I mean, yeah. like when he's out there playing, he's the second best player in this oh, defense. Well, I think, so. well, yeah, I think I think Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, and Zach, Zach Siler yep. or Steeler, whatever they've carried. People don't feel our front. I call it our front five because front three and then our two outside linebackers are edge players, right? You can call it your front five or front four, whatever formation we're in. But our front four, our front five, right? Because I don't count Jalen Phillips and Chubb as true linebackers, right? They're not in the interior like nah, that. They're right? They drop back into like flats coverage and simple coverages, right? Anyways, so my, my whole point with this is our front, our front five, our front four, our defensive front, I think they've been our best, most consistent union all season. And I think they're the reason why our defense has even done positive things this year is when they've been on their game. Yeah, if the secondary played this year like they've played and they were healthy and they played like they did over the last two years, this defense would actually be pretty good. Yeah, it would be top fifteen in a lot of top twenty, top fifteen in a lot of 
a lot of these categories, bro. Like the second, like we're getting late. The problem is too, like Keon Crossin and and Justin Bethel and and those type of guys. They're good for two or three games, but once you start getting into like five, six, seven, you're overextending these guys, bro. And we're asking them to play like the whole season. Right. And look, you know, this this five game collapse, man. Like I'm gonna call it a collapse. Like even if yo, Neil, even I think if just we have Trill Williams and Nick Needham, I think our give me Nick Needham, Trill Williams, and Brandon Jones, and I think our secondary is in so much better shape. And I think we can and I think like and I'll give Boyer's flowers. There's things he can't do because not only do you not have Byron not back there, so you, you can't trust all you know the other corner opposite of X to have all the responsibility in a zero coverage, but you also don't have one of your best blitzing box guys in Brandon Jones, so it's like a double whammy. So I get why you can't be aggressive, but guess what? You gotta find that's that's what how coaches get paid, and that's how you get the big dollars. You find new innovative ways to be aggressive, and you adapt. <laughs> Right? Well, what, and, what is the NFL, yeah. Neil? Adapt or die, brother. Well, and I'm not pissing away this season, but like I think the Dolphins' defense will be much better next year because they'll have a competent defensive quarter, coordinator more than yeah. likely. All they really need to fix it, honestly, is I, and honestly, boy, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Boyer knows how to use Chubb. Like I think he knows how to use Chubb, but I don't think he fully understands. How, like I don't think he like. He wouldn't be the guy I would trust to fully maximize or utilize a Bradley Chubb, even a Jalen Phillips. I think what's scary is I think there's other next levels to Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer under a better coordinator. And same with Bradley Chubb. Absolutely. And, and I think so. Like, I think we're going to transition this defense to a 4 3. That's why you paid Bradley Chubb. And I think what you're going to see, right, is the defense four, three with... zone. 4 3 zones yeah. usually spend a lot of money up front. And that's what we seem to be doing, right? All our money, right. instead of the back end, we're spending all that. That money's getting converted to the front, especially well, after Wilson gets paid. And, yo, Neil, you know the numbers. When's, isn't Sealers up soon, too? He's got one more year under contract. And, and, and we, got, we got him on the cheap. So I, you ain't I mean, getting like, that a second time. Yeah, but you look at the D line. You got Sealer, Wilkins, Phillips, um, Raquan Davis, and Bradley Chubb that are all going to be back next year, and that's the strength of the football team, right? Yeah. Then you look at the next level. Look, if we move to a four three, I'm all about keeping Jerome Baker as a will linebacker because I think he's going to be good. He'll, I'm good. Yeah, he'll Not be... at that catch. Not yeah. at that. Ca- I'm good. So that, zero instincts, you... liability in coverage, can't shed blocks. You know, bro, can't scrape, can't can't fill gaps consistently. He's literally best utilized as an off-ball blitzer, and I ain't yep. paying a guy more than ten million to do that, bro. We need to retool that. We need to get a stud 100%. in the middle and build 100%. out around him. Yeah, he's the only guy that I'd be okay keeping, and maybe he came back in a restructured. Channing Tyndall's the only one I'd be okay. Yeah, and Tind- <laughs> yeah, no, Tyndall will be there too. But the corner, like the situation, the corner is actually actually. Oh, say so when you think about this, because X is going to be a starter. He's going to be back. There's no, uh, he hasn't had yeah, a season back. that we're used to. You're going to be able to get back. Nick back on the cheap because of the injury. And, and Cater Co, who's ready to be the nickel. So you Trill need one will more be back. back. You got to, so you have Trill, you got good depth. You need one more starting boundary guy. You have your That's starting I wanted safeties. that first Neil. I wanted the Joey Porter. I wanted the Keely Ringo, bro. Yeah, you got you got your you got your start in safeties in Brandon Jones and and um, uh, but I, okay, can I ask you this? Would you upgrade Brandon Jones if you could? Because I would. Yeah, you know he's a free agent, right? Kyle Duggar. <laughs> I love right? Duggar coming out, bro. But he's gonna so, get paid. But you but like I would be okay with finding a legit guy who can do more things and using Bradley Chubb as the hybrid box safety linebacker in packages, sub packages. Yeah, you, you, Brandon Jones. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, Brandon Jones. Because like, one thing that stood out against the Patriots to me is, dude, Eric Rowe has lost it. Jeez, Lord. Hunter Henry's out there banged up like the Tin Man, and he's catching bombs all over. You know what I mean? And I'm we like, remember Lord. a day where Eric Rowe and Aquan Orange used to lock down like Darren Waller and those guys. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. But, the, like, it will be a quick – but, you know, you, when you got to look for a scapegoat when you have an eight, eight a five-game collapse and you're eight and eight. And you know we could talk about boy. Yeah, but bro, but bro, can, let's be honest. Can, let's whoa, whoa, whoa. even when we're eating three, I was bitching about the defense because look at the Detroit game. We our our offense. What like look at the Chicago game. Look at the Detroit game. Our offense was getting into shootouts with teams that were far less superior to us, and not necessarily their pass defense because the Bears had the fifth best pass defense. 
but their offense was not good enough to be giving us that many fits. And you look at what Detroit was doing. Golf was like dicing us. Like, uh, even yeah. you could you could see it even when we were eight and three that the defense was an issue. Well, I I just think what it, it, the bigger picture to me with all of this is that. You, this was a season that really exposed the bad of Chris Greer, right? Like, and and, and I'm not going to give, him, I'm not going to take away from the things he did. Yeah, he, he brought Tyree Kill on here, but everyone knew that Tyree Kill was a great receiver, and it's not like we didn't pay the, you know, a premium to bring him in here and give him the contract. But he got him here. He got Taron Armstead. But when you look at this team's last few drafts, right, and you, we'll start at 2020. And I like Tua's pick still, and I don't care if people think that Herbert or Hertz or whatever is better than him. Like, Tua is the right pick at the time, and when healthy, this team was a bona fide team fighting for the number one seed in the AFC. So I love. I still think that was a great pick. The Austin Jackson pick is a historic bad pick, especially considering that it was where we got from Minka Fitzpatrick. And Austin Jackson, not only could he not get healthy this year, but when we saw him, Brandon Shell, Kendall Lamb, and... Greg Little outplayed him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a bad, dire situation. And no, Igbenogany is legitimately one of the worst football players I've ever seen play. And I don't care how young he is or how much upside he has. There's no way in hell that this guy should be rosterable on our team next year. He's a game day inactive when we're on our fifth, sixth, and seventh quarter. And then, like, honestly, like Robert Hunt. And, you know, I'm not going to let this guy get away with criticism. These mental penalties that he's – or these mental lapses he's having that keeps killing our drives with these penalties, they got to get cleaned up or I'm not okay extending him. <laughs> like, you got to improve. You got to stop getting penalties because when the offense starts driving, you just look for the damn flag and you know these someone in the offensive line that's not named Taron Armstead or Connor Williams is going to mess up, right? Like, every single time. Then you get to the 2021 draft. Like, you nailed it. Waddle. Phillips and Holland, three great picks. But then you traded up for Liam Eichenberg because you panicked and you played the board wrong. And Liam Eichenberg, and I know they were happy with his progress before the injury. And look, he's a, I'm going to give him the benefit of rust. But man, to me out there, sometimes it looks like, what the hell kind of effort is that? Maybe you don't know your assignment, but go at least hit somebody. Don't tiptoe around them. And then this year, I like, I don't understand with how poor the linebacker core is playing that Channing Tindall's not seeing the field. I don't understand with the lack of a red zone threat in this offense, how Eric Izakama hasn't seen the field. Like you've, you've, you've activated Freddie Swain and Braylon Sanders, but you haven't played Eric Uzakama. I, I just think that man, some of these ingredients that we've brought in and, you know, Chris Greer has been a part of this organization for 20 years. Like how do we get the stench that's been here surrounding this franchise or out away you got to get rid of a guy who's brought it. And I and I look, I think Chris Greer is masterful at getting draft picks, right? Like creating draft picks. But at the end of the day, man, like it's also the picks that you don't make. You got you can't just be judged on everything that you do well. And I think you would agree with me a reason. The Achilles heel of this offense still is the offensive line. And it's not like we're throwing out undrafted free agents out there. Eichenberg's a second-round pick. Austin Jackson's a first-round pick. I mean, man, if you didn't bring in Taron Armstead this year, you're looking at another historically bad offensive line. I, I just think it's it, it's these young quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks that don't see the field a lot, I mean, these guys, they're not Tua Tungvaloa. If you don't appreciate Tua Tungvaloa's ab ability to avoid being sacked, like, I, I don't know what you're missing because Tua hides the flaws of this offensive line, and he can't overcome them all. But, man, does he do a good job of hiding how bad this offensive line is. This first half against New England, whenever we got momentum, flags, holdings, motions, you know, blocking downfield. Like, it is just mind-numbing to watch the same players hamstring this team. And if this team wants to change the story of the Miami Dolphins, they have to discard and fold the players that are not getting better. Sorry for my soapbox. I'm just so tired of the same players. And, and it's Austin Jackson. It's Liam Eikenberg. Yeah. It's Jason Sanders. It's the same guys that are losing us football games. Yeah, I agree. Man, it's frustrating. It's frustrating time to be a Dolphin. So let's talk about this, bro. Um you know, before we get into 
all the Jets stuff this weekend. Um, obviously, rumors are afloat. Um, you know, you got Albert Breer reporting that Tom Brady could, you know, Miami could be an intriguing option with him due to the fact that, you know, his, 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 he's got two kids that live in Miami. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So, um, and obviously, you know, the ties to us before. Um, and then on top of that, you know, Armando Salguero put out uh, an article days ago, which like recently just caught fire, which was crazy. But one of the quotes in it was, if the Dolphins go from 8-3 and three to 8-9 and, and not in the playoffs, every job is at risk. And in that same article, he said, if McDaniel does survive, there's no guarantee for defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, according to a club source. So Sean Payton needs to be had for first. The rumors are afloat again that Jim Harbaugh wants to come back. We know Stephen Ross, that's his dream coach. That's the one he, And that's the one I'm worried about. Like, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm worried about a knee-jerk reaction firing McDaniel and you listen, if you're going to go for a pain or you're going to for a Harbaugh and fire McDaniel, they better be locked in. I like, they better be sat in front of us the day after I ain't trying to like miss out. And we stuck with sitting on our thumb. I personally think it, you know, they're going to go with two and McDaniel another year. I think Harbaugh does this song and dance every year. And then I think with Peyton, I don't think they're going to pony up the first round pick. But yeah. I do think if they go, if Jim Harbaugh does happen, because I do, I have said, you're naive if you think Ross ain't going to – if we miss the playoffs, because I've confirmed privately that there has been no real contact between Harbaugh and the Dolphins yet, but you best believe if we don't make the playoffs, you best believe feelers are going to be put out there, I, I think at least. And, um, you know, I could see the Tom Brady thing happening because you know where I stood – Last year, everyone was like Sean Payton and Brady, where I was like, nah, I think the play was going to be Harbaugh and Brady in Miami, the three amigos from Michigan, Ross, Harbaugh, and Brady, because, you know, New Orleans wasn't trading the pick. We knew weeks and we knew like a month and a half, two months before, you know, all that, the, the coaching hire that, or, you know, that they weren't willing to even field offers for Sean Payton and that we had called and didn't even get the chance to, you know, field an offer. So I, I just, and now with what happened with Ross, with the Chubb trade, with the Tyreek trade, I don't see them now pointing up a first round pick for Sean Payton, but Jim Harbaugh is the one that I think that's the, that's the one that I think is like, okay, I would monitor that situation. Now I do think even if you couldn't get Harbaugh, let me put this out but you want to move off of Tua as an organization or you want to bring in Tom Brady, I will say this. I do think a guy like Tom Brady could continue, or Aaron Rodgers could continue to make a, a guy like McDaniel a better coach. Now, I've said this before. I've said it again because we were warning everyone before the season started that the Lamar Jackson rumor mill would start. I don't want no part of Lamar Jackson. It's the, loud, though. It's at, loud. It's <laughs> loud. But it's been – but, bro, it's been – the whispers have been loud to me and you for longer than these people realize that listen to us, bro. We've been talking about Lamar Jackson for over a year on yeah, Inside the I, NFL and on this podcast. So, no, like, uh, you know, and anyways, I, and, 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 uh, the yeah, guaranteed money, bro. Like, I, I, like, no to the guaranteed money, especially the style he plays. Now, I know right now he's not holding out because of true injury. He's holding out because he's trying to make him sweat. But also, yep. do you want that? You know, listen, I think Tua and McDaniel are going to get another year. I think that, that you know, I, I'm okay with them getting another year. I think to an extent, after what we saw from 8-3, and three, they deserve a second year. Now, I think it will be... Tua will not get a 50-year option or an extension, clearly, and it'll be like, hey, you're playing for it. And the same sense of McDaniel of, okay, now we can move off the guys we stuck you with, Eichenberg and Jackson, build your offensive line, finish fixing your offense, and you can go out. We will move off Boyer and Danny Crossman. Sorry, our bad. Go find the guys you want to run the defense and the special teams, and you got one year to get this team to the playoffs. If not, bye-bye. Right, and then if not, if 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 Ross is going to pull the trigger, listen, I will say it will be unfair if if McDaniel gets fired, but at the same point, I will not be out here 
crying tears, buckets of tears if Jim Harbaugh is the next head coach. And I will tell Chris Greer, if you're listening, if Jim Harbaugh comes, my friend, if you think your seat is hot now, it is about to be an inferno. But I'm in a situation where, listen, I could understand the knee-jerk reaction to Harbaugh, give him full control, or even training for Peyton, give him full control. I could get that. On the flip side, I do think from what we saw in 8-3 and and what we saw in 2 is play in 8-3, and listen, if you can bring in a better contingency plan than a Bridgewater or Brissett that can compete with, not only be a contingency plan, but potentially compete with Tua in in camp, cool. I'm down for that. What 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 are you thinking? Like a Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G type is what you're saying there? Like a 1B? You know you're gonna you're gonna think my, I'm crazy. So, no go, I, I... bro. Bring in Derek Carr to compete with him. Oh, I don't think you're crazy at all. I, Bring I him on a sign him to a one year deal. Even if Derek Carr loses to Tua, would anyone be mad if we got to rely on Derek Carr for five or six games Dude, a year? I, I think Derek Carr is a top twelve quarterback in football. I agree. I think you want me to be honest with you. I think Derek Carr could come in and and, and, and this. Tua could let me put it this way: Tua can't afford very miss, many missed games if if he beats. Even if you beat him out in camp, you cannot afford very missed well, games with Derek Carr. I'm sorry. Well, Tua Tua's highs are higher than Derek Carr's highs, I believe. But I don't think Tua's. I think Tua's lows are way lower than Derek Carr's lows. Like that. That's just I my agree opinion. With that. I, well, you know people I mean? forget. Like, I know the injury happened, and it's kind of got a Wentz feeling to it. But he was good last year. Anyways, oh, remember that Carr. MVP? Remember that MVP season a couple of years ago? Remember that? I hate. I hate playing Derek. Yeah, Carr. bro. I Dude, don't you remember that MVP season a couple of years ago when the the Raiders looked like they were going to make a real run for the bowl, and then he got hurt. For sure, for sure. Derek, I love Derek Carr. Man, is a tough, good football player, good leader. He's got a cannon. I, I love Derek Carr. Now, I, I, I like, now we've like talked about more, this before. I will say we, that, though. We've I, talked about this. Do you think – so I'll, I'll follow up with this. We've Because we've talked about this on the channel very much about we can create about 55, 60 million in cap, right? Easy, easy 60. Okay, do you think we could afford to pay a guy like that to be the backup? Because he ain't coming for no six, eight million dollars a year. I, I, I don't, man. I think it's going to be too much because that's like the beauty of having two on a rookie deal. Like, so everything you want, man, that's juicy, juicy stuff. Like, right? Like the Dolphins – Never fail to be in, in the news. And the reason is, is there's not a quarterback in the world that's going to be available that doesn't want to play in the on the Miami Dolphins offense. Just fact. It's Miami. It's awesome for all the reasons. But you got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and they see this as a team that can win, right? So you you what? There's, there's can I be honest with you, Neil, to, just to step in? I think they also those quarterbacks are talking about, they realize if you can't get a veteran guy like a Harbaugh or a Peyton, I want to play for a guy like McDaniel because I don't know if you saw, but yep. I guess the rumors are starting to hit mainstream media and everyone's hitting tonight Twitter and saying, uh, if y'all fire McDaniel, he's going to be hired in like 15 seconds. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk by other fans about Mike McDaniel's firing, and, and that's what's interesting. But so there's thinking. Cole fans want him. Cole fans are tagging Jim Ursay and saying, if they fire him, <laughs> can you please hire this guy? Well, see, there's there's two coaches that I would move on from Mike McDaniel. And it's not really about Mike McDaniel. It's just about and and one's not Sean Payton because I don't want to trade a first round pick for a coach. I agree with that. It's Jim Harbaugh, and I've wanted Jim Harbaugh as the coach of this team for almost twelve years now. So like that's nothing new. Uh, yeah. I think Jim Harbaugh Him would be and McDaniel were my top picks last year too. So I agree with you. But but the guy who I would take just as much as Jim Harbaugh, and I don't know if this guy's going to say Cower. Are you coming out of nowhere? No, I'm going to say John Harbaugh because Ooh. I think there could be a divorce in the near future between Baltimore and. Tell them what you told me about the amicable divorce. Yeah, I, I think that the ta- the. Yeah, look, the owner and and John Harbaugh, he's been employed a long time. He's one of the longtime coaches. I I think a lot of people would say he's a top five, top seven coach. It's not always been a honeymoon here. And I practically think when Lamar had his MVP season in 2019, that saved John Harbaugh's job. I think he was close to getting fired. And I think that there's some frustrations with how the organization has handled Lamar Jackson. Um, I think sometimes just you need – you know, a clean slate. Like John Harbaugh is extremely loyal to his coaches. Greg Roman is the most hated man in Baltimore. Um, and it's one of those things that I could see a situation where maybe John Harbaugh needs a change of scenery. Maybe the Ravens need a change of scenery. Uh, you know, there was rumors, if you remember, not too long ago that John Harbaugh could potentially be available and was linked to the Dolphins. I'm just saying that if he became available, 
either of the Harbaugh's were a guy that I would take over Mike McDaniels. If not, I think Mike McDaniels is – I think Mike McDaniels is has struggled a little bit in the back half of the first-year coach, but I think some of the factors like being – you know, he had no choice. He had to take Josh Boyer and Danny Crossman. As soon as you hear that conversation, it's like you've already failed your new head coach, and you have to take on Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson – if they allow him to be here and be the young coach that's going to prove with this team. So what I think is going to happen, uh, you know, that what, what I, what I'm saying. So I said what I'd want, I would want one of the Harbaugh brothers. If not, let's stick with Mike McDaniel. What I think is going to happen is Mike McDaniel is going to be the head coach next year on the quarterback situation. I, I have a different thought than you. I think when we line up in the first game of September next year, the starting quarterback is going to be Tom Brady. Um, and the reason why reason is we've already traded the first round pick for him. You know why we got charged the first for tampering. We've made it abundantly clear that we have interest in Tom Brady. He's made it abundantly clear that he has interest in being a dolphin Tua showed signs of being the guy. And unfortunately you can't help the club from the tub. And I, I think Tua should be the starter. So what I think and one is different here. I want Tua to be the starter of this team next year. I, I actually worry that we get Tom Brady too late and the wheels fall off and we actually get a downgrading quarterback. That's where I'm at. Like, we should have got him two years ago. That's why if, right. if they're going to move off of him, if they're going to move off of him, if we learn that for a fact, I don't know how, but I, I – because I, when they got that new contract, I don't know. I, I was looking at some of the – I was looking it up, and I don't know if there's any wiggle out. But I've been told Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback for opening day, no matter what. Aaron Rodgers. I think, I think you can get four years out of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I see. Like if you ask me, if I had to replace two in this scenario, I, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. Imagine that Aaron with these guys. Holy right. yeah, Jesus, I, I, bro! I think Aaron. Rod- you got to think Aaron Rodgers was the MVP a year ago. I well, yeah, he's, got- he's still nimble. He's see that's the thing. Like Brady with the offensive line we've gotten together, and with we know Taron Armstead's going to be in and out of the lineup. Aaron Rodgers can account for that a little bit more than Tom Brady can in terms of moving around and extending yeah. plays, right? Yeah, the move was to get Tom Brady before the 2020 draft. Yes, and, and that's what the move is. And now we're, and that's why I'm afraid of what you're saying. Now it's three, four years later. He's 46, no longer 40, 40 he's no longer 41, 42, or whatever. He's now 46. Are we really going to give him a contract till he's 48? Yeah, and, and and that's where that's where it's it's a concern. But I, I truly think it's a real possibility because you know if the Dolphins miss the postseason, our owner. But I do think he'd be great for McDaniel if he kept him around. And oh. to your point that I was making to you before me in live here, you know, not only with Crossman and and Boyer, you've now said, okay, we we are making the call with defense and we're making the call with special teams by inserting Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson just because you're not willing to admit you invested assets in the wrong guys. Just admit your failure, move on. Stop right. trying to make it work just because you got assets invested. You've now impeded what he wanted to do in the run game, what he wants to do in the pass game, because you're putting guys on him. And now, because those were the starters you forced on him, he's now forced to deal with backups and replacement players because they can't stay healthy when they probably weren't even the original starters he would have wanted. So right. you, you're not even allowing him to do his thing with what he was with his calling card that brought him in here as an offensive guru, and he's given you the number five passing, uh, sorry, the number five um, total offense. He's given you the number passing, number two um, passing offense. You know, he's given you the, a top ten scoring offense. It's just the run offense isn't that isn't where it's been at, and a lot of that's because I and I'm of the firm belief, especially from watching the Alt One Two, and I've broken it down on my channel. He doesn't have the personnel to properly execute it. And let me ask you this from a coaching standpoint. If you want to execute something to an extent, are you going to put it on film for other teams, you not executing it? 
No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to put your offense in that situation. And that's the conundrum he's come down to. And I think that's why he's gone away from Raheem on third downs. I don't think – it's not that I don't think – I have the belief now. I've seen everything unfold, and I'm not absolving him. He's been terrible on third downs. I don't care who's blocking. Run the football. you got to keep a balance, especially when you look at the numbers. We are far more successful running on third and short than we are on passing on third and short this season. But anyways, I digress. I don't think he trusts our O-line on third down. Because and he shouldn't. <laughs> he shouldn't. Well, you look at We see the same stuff. We Remember early on, we were seeing the same stuff we saw under the Flores regime, getting stuffed because of penetration on third and one, third and two, not because the, run, the, the running backs do what they're supposed to do, but we get the penetration, bro. So I think it's just – I think it's – a lot of this comes down to in the run game why it's 20 – why right now the run game – is actually ranked um, 27th. It's averaging 95.7, which is a lot better than what it's been recently. I mean, people forget there was a time over the last couple of years we were averaging like 80-something yards per game I, anyway. I so it, it's better now. But I think to get to that 110 a game, to get to that top 15, you need – look, it, Hunt looks like he's regressed, not only from – from a play-wise, I mean, you break down the film, he's over lunging, he's lunging at players and he's laying guys through the A-gap. He's he's taking, I know you've noticed this, terrible oh. mental errors now that he never had. And you can't, see, here's my issue. And I, I talked with Richmond on this when we did the finish line. Listen, there's a point where you can't blame coaches for penalties you got to start blaming the players man you can't stop uh, start and if you're gonna blame off people like oh it's on they're not disciplined on the offensive line bro that's on fucking dude that's not on dude that there's a chain of command there bro you got matt applebaum and you got frank smith and then you got mike mcdaniel okay so and and hunt when you're taking consistent or when you got waddle and tyreek Illegal formations because they're not lining up over the tackle, bro. Uh, false starts, dog. That's on the play. And when they're doing it four, five, six times a season, that's on the player, bro. Now, if it's once or twice in a bad situation, okay, I can see you saying discipline. But brother, these are th- these are guys who. But I mean, we've seen them not make these reason, mistakes. It wasn't now they're happening. making them. It wasn't happening the first half of the season, though. Like right, like that's what's frustrating. The first half of the season, Tyreek and them weren't getting these motion penalties, but now they are. It's like that's what's frustrating. Like what made the wheels come off? Because I think everything you just said is very, very valid. And this, it's a shitty conversation to have because, frankly, I don't think, you know, I, I honestly think that Tua should be the starter of this team, and it should be him and Mike McDaniel moving forward. And you know, they should, you know, look, we all want to get to the playoffs, and look, it's still not out of the realm. Like it could happen. But like the fact that we're even having these conversations about replacing Tua kind of sucks. But well, you gotta you gotta look. And before you say Neil and Reason, you guys are just you know putting fodder out there. Think about this: your owner is Stephen Ross. He's the most impatient owner that I've ever seen That's in the what, NFL. He's a trigger happy, bro. Listen, he's got one foot in the grave. He's in his mid. Right. He's even more Divorced. impatient than the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's even more impatient than the guys you see on Twitter in our community. So I don't know why these people would be surprised. Listen, I'm not worried about Sean Payton. I'm worried about Jim Harbaugh, or or if John Harbaugh comes under what you said, that's a I I, I worry. Those are the guys I'm worried about because if Jim's his fucking dream head coach and John's right there, so. You got a guy who we're going to have a collapse. We're not going to make the playoffs. We're going to have bad optics. He's going to say, you know what? I'll take the one, the bad year. I'll take it on the chin that we fired a guy after one year. If I can bring in my dream coach, I'm sorry. He's good. He's a, he's businessmen like him are ruthless. They are a oriented people. And uh, after what he went through with Flores, I don't think he's – and, bro, again, like, uh, people need to – I don't – I got to bring it up again. His age is a factor here. This guy wants to see something before he dies. Well, and, and reason, just think about this, right? They've done this before with Cam Cameron. They yeah. fired him after one year. But that like, was 1 in 15. That was a little bit yeah, more. No, I agree. <laughs> it, it's, 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 not, it's just not formed because here's the thing. 
if there's one organization of football that don't really give a shit about the optics, it's, it's the dive. Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and, right? the, like, and the Commanders. Yeah, us and the Because here, here's how Stephen Ross thinks, and, and I just – like this is how he thinks. Just think about this, right? You have a quarterback that he probably thinks is okay, and the fans love him, so he likes that because that equals money, right? Yeah. But he also sees that he's got the devil on his shoulder telling him, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar yeah. Jackson – when you hear those three names, they're three of the biggest names in the football, right? And and we could talk about it all we want. Would like, you move off to a tongue of Aloha for Lamar Jackson? No, and, and I'll get to that in one I second. wouldn't on his guaranteed money alone. Anyways, continue. No, but I, I think this. The reason I think it will be Tom Brady is, first of all, he's the only one that comes without having to trade any more draft compensation, and even though you already lost. boys, bro. Yeah, right. And, and, and like, I think that the flirting was real, and, and it was close to happening. And we all know that now, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, there's a huge contract that's there. You're going to have to trade future first-round picks. Yeah, there's no it's, way out for him, right? Yeah, it, it's messy. Now, the Lamar Jackson situation, and, like, you know, we've been consistent on this pod since the jump. I live in Baltimore. I'm not guessing when I'm telling you these things about Lamar Jackson. Like, and I can tell people in private things that I can't share on this podcast. Lamar Jackson has told people I know – to their face, that his dream was to play back in South Florida, in his hometown, and he mentioned the Miami Dolphins specifically. I knew that seven months ago. I knew that a year ago. I We talked about it last year on this podcast. Like, the reality is it's not going to happen because the Dolphins don't have a package that doesn't involve Jalen Waddle, Christian Wilkins, and them to trade for it, and that would just be – that. I mean, great. Lamar Jackson to me – see, Lamar Jackson to me is definitely a top-ten quarterback – but he's a better football player than quarterback. And, you know, I don't want to pay guaranteed money of $230, $250 million. The reality is if we could get him, Steven Ross probably would do it. I just think that the Ravens are going to be looking for three first and a player that's going to make an impact. And, like, they're going to franchise him. They're going to control him. If they can't trade him, they'll probably he'll probably sit out and it'll get messier and messier. But there's a lot of mess to clean up before that can happen. Um Tom Brady's is a clean, easy move when you think about he's a free agent. He controls his fate. He's got two kids in Miami. Where it's not easy is you have a lot of fan base that see the value in Tua Tungvaloa, us included. Well, think that- and, and it's not going to be good optics when the guy who was in the tampering charges ends up becoming the right. quarterback. Bro. Right. But I, I will say one thing in the defense of the, of the Tom Brady move, if that was what happened. And this is not just like I, I hate because you feel like you always have to pick a side in this battle reason, and it's not what I want to do. But from the club standpoint, if you're sort of starting quarterback misses five to six games, you know that that's a concerning thing. Like I don't think the Dolphins to jump and give to a tongue of low an extension yet. I they, they like I think next year needs to be the ultimate measuring stick of can he stay healthy? Yeah, they won't. They won't. They they're, won't. Get yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I yeah, I don't think they're gonna get the contract because like it was like Ken Tua is he a good quarterback? This year, he showed that not only is he good, he actually played at a better level than you and I, who are two of his biggest fans, even anticipated at points. So can he go play in the cold weather in Buffalo? Like, he proved that. The durability question, and durability and availability are two different things, I think, and I think there's some gray area. Unfortunately, Tua, like, is, I'm not going to say he's injury prone. I think he's got snakeman with some really, really bad luck. And unfortunately, because of that, you know, he's missed games and none of it would have mattered if we would have won a 49ers game, a Chargers game, the Packers game and won one of those games. And we already punched our ticket because then the whole narrative is Tua got us to the playoffs and he'll be healthy when we get there and he's going to have a chance to, to, you know, unfortunately, the three chances we had to punch the tickets, you know, Tua didn't play great against San Fran. The Chargers, we got outcoached by Brandon Staley. And then against the Packers, Tua played amazing, hit his head on the ground, and then literally didn't remember what he was doing out there. And, you know, semantics, context, excuses, whatever you want to call them, you know, you could be on either side of the bus. The fact is, is that Tua, to me, showed a level of play that got me really excited about this franchise. I was having the most fun I ever did as a fan of this team under that that play, you know. It, it, it's just a tough situation because the timing of the injuries, right? It, it, it's really tough because I, I think Tua Tungvaloa goes in and beats the Patriots easily, honestly, easily. Um, and we're not even having these conversations, unfortunately, because these conversations happen. 
that means that if we're having these conversations, the Dolphins front office has probably had these conversations and closed doors. And, and that's where it gets scary for the future to me of Tua Tungvaloa, that we have an owner who's old, he's impatient, He's a ruthless businessman. And honestly, frankly, he doesn't give a fuck about anything that anyone else tells him besides what he wants to do. And I think it's going to be a really interesting offseason. Now, we can get a way to avoid all this, right, Reason? And that's the game coming up. If we could beat the Jets, get in the playoffs, and Tua goes out, win, lose, or draw against Buffalo and plays at a high level, then it's really hard to move off of them. And... I'm a big believer, actually, that if we can find a way to pull a W out, right, get this win against the Jets, any means necessary. I don't care if you get Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams to run the Wildcat all day. Find a way to win this football game. I think the Patriots are going to get their asses kicked by the Bills. They're getting good news on DeMar Hamlin, thank God. And they're a way better football team, and they're going to be playing to prove that they're the best team in the AFC. Because I do think it doesn't matter if it's the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals. And honestly, out of those three teams, the way I would rank it, the team I want to see least is the Bengals. The team I want to see second least is the Bills. The team I'd like to see most is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I know that sounds absolutely insane. But I love a pissed-off Miami Dolphins team with a quarterback, with a chip on his shoulder, with a lot to prove. I, I don't want to sit there and act like we're going to make a Super Bowl run. I, I honestly think, unfortunately, because of the the you know the the, the defensive coaching, the lack you know of secondary talent, that it's hard to make that run with what we have. But I would not count this Miami Dolphins team out in any playoff game if they got in the dance. They just got to find a way to get Skylar Thompson to beat the Jets. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but like I think Tua with Waddle and Hill. Can Defense upset. needs to show up. Boyer needs to show why he's a defensive coordinator. You need to keep this team to minimal points, and you need to have a good game plan with Skyler. And you've already seen the game plan in front of you. I didn't get why we weren't executing it last game when Skyler had to come in. Execute it now. Your mentor showed you when you when Purdy had to come in. Hell, Staley and the Chargers showed you it with Herbert. Predicate everything. They had Eckler and McCaffrey. Raheem Mostert deserves to be fed right now. I call him... Raheem the Dream Mostert. He is playing unreal. He's breaking tackles, Possessed. whether he's catching the ball yep. out of the backfield or whether he's running the football. So you need him to be a focal point. You need to run the football. You need to keep everything predicated off the run. Play action pass, short stuff to the sticks. Anything beyond the sticks is going to be a bootleg or a play action pass, trying to get them biting up. Keep everything simple for Skyler and the defense needs to show up and uh, when you keep it simple and everyone keeps it simple, get the ball in the playmaker's hands, whether it's Raheem, Tyreek, Waddle. The thing I hate about Teddy when Teddy comes in is Jalen Waddle disappears. I fucking hate that. Yeah, so, he does. It makes yeah, no and sense. It, it, Teddy just doesn't look his way, bro. So you need to you need to you need to put the ball in the playmaker's hands, keep it simple with Skyler. And let Raheem cook. If Raheem is screaming, feed me the ball early on by his play, follow that. And Boyer, I don't care what you say. I don't care what speech you find. You better rally those boys. You better get your play calling in order. And that defense better make a home stand because, listen, this is a – we. we have been saying, oh, that they got another chance next week for like four or five weeks now. Right, it, this we've is it. run out of chances, yeah, and we're, on we're top at the of, end this, of the bridge, on top of this, we don't even control our own destiny anymore. We're, we're relying on the Bills to handle their business. So, and they will, and they you, will. You better, you better handle your goddamn business, and it's going to be so Dolphins when we handle our business, and the Bills get upset. Well, the Jets' defense is really good, and Quinnen Williams, Sauce Quinnen, C.J. Mosley's playing back. Yeah. But their offense is freaking abysmal. It might be worse. Dog, than can I kids. be honest with you? We're gonna need turnovers. In still my good, thunder. <laughs> we're gonna need turnovers in good field position, or we're we gonna need turnovers turned into touchdowns. I think to really have a shot of winning this game. So I think we're gonna go in halftime down, and I think Sky is gonna struggle, right? Yeah. And I think Mike Lennon's gonna come out in the second half, and I'm just, I'm dead serious. This isn't a joke. 
I think he's going to lead us on a touchdown drive and we're down something like 10 to seven and that the defense is going to get a big turnover and we win the game. Something like 13. I, I'll even say I had us winning 13, nine is what our, our I'm going to say we win 13 to 10 and that Jason Sanders probably misses the extra point after we score. That's what I said, bro. When I did my thing, I said, cause I, cause I was actually throwing a prediction yesterday on the finish line, which I rarely do. And I was like, man, I think this game's going to be like 13, nine. And like, Oh, you have faith. Sanders is going to get two field goals. I said, I never nope. said that. I said, it's nope. going to be a, a extra point. Right. right. <laughs> I, I think Glennon gets a touchdown and let me throw something. Honestly, on. bro. Let's... Can I be honest with you, dude? I'm going to say Jerome Baker gets a touchdown. You want to hear something? I think Jerome uh... Baker gets a touchdown. And then we go up thirteen to ten. Now you're really leading Sand- in, in fantasy. And then man. Sanders hits the upright, and we're all sitting there like, "Oh my god!" Because it's so Dolphins, right? You can't just win the What's game. What's funny is There's I a- would have believed no. I would have believed Noah Benogany before I would have believed Jerome Baker. Well, Jerome, if you remember, Jerome Baker had a pick six against Zach Wilson. I think in his first like career game against us. Yeah, but yeah. I-, I think Joe Flacco is going to have a minute and thirty seconds with one timeout to go down and try to get the game time field goal, and one Those of the guys. boys is going to. One of the playing boys all gonna... these as parlays or what? Uh, I don't know, but I, mm-hmm. I look, dude. I got to keep the faith because here's the reality for me, man. And this is all seriousness. I, I I think that when you look at the best seven teams in football in the AFC, I mean, the Dolphins are one of them. And like you know, we 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 can overlook it, but they they have been snake bitten with injuries this year, as bad as the Baltimore Ravens were last year, and the Ravens got. Every freaking an analyst gave the Ravens every excuse. We've had no Tua for five games, right? We've had no Taron Armstead for three or four games. We've had we've had Tyree or Waddle miss a game. We've had you know uh, Bradley Chubb's missing games. We've had Xavier Howard missing games. We have Byron Jones sitting out all season for a business decision. We have Brandon Jones out. We have Nick Needham out, right? Like, like again, everyone will say excuses, but there's such thing as context, right? We've and and the reality of it for me is the Dolphins, the slide sucks and it makes everyone say the Miami Dolphins are pretenders. But to me, with you look at the landscape of the AFC, the Miami Dolphins are one of the seven best teams and they deserve a slot in there. And then I really think that once they get in there, it's going to be interesting to see how healthy they are because, man, like just think about this if you're Xavier and Howard, right? You haven't been in the playoffs, what, once in your whole damn career? And, you know, you, you you went in that playoff game with Matt Moore as your quarterback. Like, uh, you know, I think you'll see X play his game at the next level if we get to the postseason. And, look, man, I'm a I'm a two. You better find man. another level. Jesus. Right. Well, I, I you know, I, I also believe in football fate and say the ball doesn't lie. And I think Tua Tungvaloa has been really good to the game of football. And I think he's got good juju coming back to him. Well, and you know what our luck's going to be, eh? All these fans are going to get what they want. We move off Tua. Then he never has an injury again and goes off and has a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> to to the Saints, right? <laughs> right? Oh, right. Yeah. But, man, look, look. Hey, we got one more of these if it doesn't go our way. Let's get that dub. And, like, man, like, I don't know about you, man, like, you know, right now it's 1.33 a.m. while we're recording this. I got to get through one day of work tomorrow. Man, I, I can't wait for, like, win, lose, or draw. Like, I, one thing I guess I'm a little bit different than some of the things I've been hearing is I don't care if they're the worst team in football, man. Football Sunday is sacred to me. Watching the Miami Dolphins with my son is the best time I've ever had in my entire life. Like, man, I always try to keep the faith. I try to be objective, but, like, you know, I, I can't wait for this football game because, man, I know this for sure. And you said this last week. If we win that football game and the Bills win, man, it doesn't even matter if we get lose the next week 35 to nothing. To get a taste back of playoff football, is it, it's, it's very important. And it can't be understated how important it is. Mike McDaniel, year one as a head coach, if he takes a team to the playoffs, I hey, mean, it's crazy it, too. It's a good, it's a good accomplishment, you, you man, know, for this you know, team. You, you know, it's nuts. Tua could be coming back if we go to the first round to travel where Buffalo. If Kansas yep. City wins on Saturday with these new, with with now the cancellation of the Bengals Bills game with all these new outlooks, you know, if they lock down the second seed, we'll be traveling to Buffalo. So right. I mean, and and with what we've seen this season, we know we can beat Buffalo. Oh, we 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 can, and we can, and they know that. And we're one and one in the season, and both games have been extremely close. Honestly, I, I, I like I think that would be awesome. 
You know, I think that's an awesome If story. Tua plays like how he played last time we played them, actually all season, he's got three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think he's got over what? He's got over like over 400 yards against them. He's got over – he's got three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's got like 111 passer rating. Bro, if he plays like he's played all season against them, we got a chance to play to beat them for sure. Dude, uh, if Tua you plays – You see they're calling level. out Matt Milano again for that hit on Chase, though, eh? They're saying look like he targeted the hip or whatever. I, I can't stand him. He's a good football player, but I can't stand yeah, him. Yeah, people are calling him. Not even Bengal fans are calling him up for being dirty. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big Matt Milano a fan of how he, he plays but the bro, game. But, bro, like, dog, I'm going to tell you this much. If they can beat the Jets and we can go up, it, buddy. Okay, first of all, I think we'd all be happy if they went into Buffalo and put up a fight. If we lost if we lost 32-29, sure, we'd be like, oh, if we would have done this, we would have done that. But at the end of the day – who would have thought we would have lost to a Super Bowl favorite, a preseason Super Bowl favorite by three points in the first round, okay, first of all. Second of all, if this team goes into Buffalo and beats Buffalo, which they have shown they can do, like we, we've got we, we, we've got the personnel to do it, oh, boy, the sky would be the limit. For man, the playoffs, when, you man. Get, when you get in the NFL playoffs, man. Anything can happen, it, bro. Anything can happen. Like, you know, and, and again, the second I, I live season, here. bud. The, the, I watched the Ravens literally not be able to score touchdowns in 2000 with Trent Dilfer as their quarterback and just kick field goals, but they had a good defense and win a Super Bowl because no one could score, and, and they turned it on. You know, you look at these stories that we've seen over the last years, the parody of the NFL. Like, it, it, I, honestly, man, you got to get in the dance, and, and man, That's I'm all for can. it. Like, as down as I am right now because losing five weeks in a row sucks. Especially if when, we, like – Three or four of those were within your in. Well, I know they're a good football team, Reason That's what pisses me off. I know they're better than they played. We should clean have had the this penalties. wrapped up, man. This yeah, clean up the penalties. We get way too many penalties on offense and defense. Play discipline, free, smart football. Get a turnover. Protect the football. You can go in there and win. Look, the Jets got nothing to play for, and they want to play spoiler. But look, man, if I'm, they have nothing to win. They have yeah. nothing to win. And they're in just as bad of a situation as we are offensively. We just have to find a way to fucking fight for this win done, and get the W, man. But yeah, man. And, and you know, hey, let's go, man. It, it, it's go time. Like you said, this is the last chance. There's no next week. It's yeah, now or it. never. Yeah. Yep. All right. So hopefully we're talking next week under some good circumstances, brother. I can't wait. And, and man, it's been tough. It's been tough sledding, but. Again, prayers up to Damar Hamlin and his Absolutely. family. And get healthy. As always, everyone, fins up. Stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And hopefully we can see you all back here when we dive fin too deep into potentially a playoff berth. So until next time, fins up, everyone. Take it easy.